rolling around at the speed is. That song will haunt my nightmares. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Adaptive Viewer Viewing. My name is David and I play too many video games. <laughs> My name is Amanda and sometimes I also play video games when I'm not reading books. Uh, we are brother and sister and this is our podcast for nerds where usually we talk too much about movies and the books they are based on. And today we get to talk about movies and the video games video they are games. based on. Video games. That means we can only be talking about one thing. We are talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, the 2020 released just this past February, directed by Jeff Fowler, the incredible movie that's everybody has an opinion on. <laughs> so many. <laughs> so and many. That- and for us, it's extra special because our childhood was filled with Sonic the Hedgehog. And now we finally get, yeah. yes, we finally get to talk about it since it was adapted for the big screen. Why are you hiding out in my garage? They're coming for me. If they steal my power, they could conquer the universe. You have to help me. No, I don't. Please, it's life or death. Super Sonic. Since this is a full movie, our talk today will be full of spoilers. So if you haven't watched it and don't want it spoiled, go ahead and purchase it. You can now buy the full movie. They just put it out because yep. they're like, no one can watch this anymore. <laughs> so you can buy it on Amazon or just, I don't know, wherever you buy movies and you can process your thoughts with us. And if, like us, you've already made that at-home purchase which with absolutely no regrets. Zero, just or full heart. Zero regrets forever and or if you saw it back in theaters when we used to do that kind of thing and you are here to join the discussion here is a brief summary of the movie's plot and i just realized i left this part empty so i'll have to do it from memory which is oh no this, this plot's <laughs> wild all right man hmm. tell us about what is sonic. this movie what is sonic the hedgehog about what an excellent question um <laughs> we begin the movie with sonic baby sonic on a alien planet running away from hmm, people we never find out who they are uh and he escapes through a portal made from the little rings that you remember from the video game he is now living in a rural town uh spying on the locals and living in a little cave until his power gets out of control and he attracts the attention of some government guys including a special egg-shaped government guy with a funny mustache mm, who could mm. he be yeah uh then he decides to go on a road trip for some reason even though he can run at the speed of sound um and hijinks ensue and then at the end there's a fight and then you know sonic makes friends and it's very sweet so it's, that's pretty yeah much the, the real journey was the friends he made along the way yeah of course just like always Mm-hmm. So, so David, <laughs> tell us about your history with the very special Sonic, that little blue hedgehog. Oh, I love Sonic so much. And so when we were kids, our dad, mm-hmm. for my seventh birthday, bought us Good a Sega Earl. Dreamcast. And now those who know the Sega Dreamcast know the console lasted about two years. And <laughs> I am about uh, 50% sure my dad bought it because he had it for like 50% off at Best Buy. Oh, for sure. Uh, And when he bought it, it came with a Dalmatians video game, 101 (laughs) Dalmatians that I played the crap out of. But it also came with a demo I'm pretty sure it was 102 Dalmatians because I think it was... 
Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear. Just to be clear. <laughs> Because like your the main character, not that this is a hundred and two Dalmatians playthrough podcast, which I'm all for if we huh. want to do that. Um, but I'm pretty sure you play as Patch, which is the character from the sequel of Hundred and Two Dalmatians. Well, maybe we need to <laughs> watch that. I mean, now that we know there's an adaptation video game to movie. True. Maybe we should be doing Hundred and Two Dalmatians next. Join us next time. Join us next time. Uh, but it came with a demo disc for the first Sonic the Hedgehog. That contained the first three levels of the original uh, Sonic. The thing is, is I was bad Sounds at video growing. games, so I could yeah. only play about the first two levels before dying, dying yeah. and then having to play it again. We were quite bad at video games Very growing bad. up, mostly because we had um, <laughs> the Elite console, the Sega Dreamcast, for mm-hmm. basically that's it. That's all we had. Uh, 102 Dalmatians video game, um, the Sonic the Hedgehog first couple of levels demo disc um <laughs> we had the off-brand um what's that the power stone power stone we had the off what is what is the thing called where everybody fights and it's off very brand big. like super smash brothers yeah it was like off-band super smash brothers and i can't remember super smash brothers because we didn't grow up playing because we didn't have a good console we for didn't like have years it. and years and then when we finally did upgrade to a playstation basically what we had was an unplayable lord of the rings video game oh love that um, game <laughs> it was so hard and harry potter so that was like the summation of our video game experience until we got much older we were I just realized there's so many video games. there's so many movie video games we should be playing amanda <laughs> we can hey we can do whatever we want this is our podcast so maybe we'll come back with more video games. heck yeah <laughs> uh but what is super special in my heart is the Sonic Adventure games because we got Sonic Adventures 1 and 2 uh, and we played them more than anything, more than any other game. There was just yeah. a slight hitch, though. Our dad, although he was smart enough to buy us uh, some games occasionally, he was not smart enough to buy us a memory card. <laughs> I don't I, I don't I, I don't attribute it to being smart. I attribute it to there was there is. A certain leash on his generosity that he had. He had five kids. He was busy all the time. And so when he came home with this great video game gift to us, and we were like, but dad, we need need a memory card in order to save our progress through this game. He was very unhappy with that. And so that's pretty much where his generosity stopped. And so we got very good at the first five or six levels of every video game we played <laughs> because we had to keep playing them every time we died. <laughs> I think I could legitimately speed run the first level of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I have very vivid memories of the the playthrough of the first Sonic Adventures 2 level where you're running through the city. Yeah, the city. Yeah. With the yeah. best song that's ever existed. With with the yes. Well, I was around kind of sad sound, that it Amanda. wasn't at the, in this movie. Yeah. I I was so sad when they didn't have it. He's literally rolling around <laughs> at the speed of sound inside of a city. Why yes, is it not even it. mentioned? <laughs> To be fair, in this movie, there is a surprising lack of Sonic the Hedgehog video game jokes, which I was shocked by. It literally could have, Sonic could have been replaced with any other fuzzy character and been named anything else. And I feel like the movie would have been the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's getting a little bit too into the movie, but (laughs) might as well just dive into it now. Unless people want to hear more about our 
actually, quick pause. I'm now realizing something. Our dad yes. is a genius, okay? Hear me out. He had five kids. <laughs> he had to keep he them did. entertained the whole summer. For endless alone hours. Alone at yeah. the house. Mm-hmm. If we got a memory card, we would have beaten those games. And you know what we would have had to do after that? Get Nothing. more games? Nothing. <laughs> okay? We would have been bored out of our minds. We would have trashed the house, which so we did anyway. It was a t- but do you think it was a tactical move on Dad's part? I think it was a tactical move. It's a memory card. Because I think it, I mean, it kept me entertained for an entire summer. I never went outside we and were, I was well behaved in a room in the dark. We were quite determined to still finish a video game, which meant that we left the consoles on at all hours. Um, the space around the power plug around the video game was sacred ground. You were not allowed to walk through Mm-mm. because every time somebody did, they tripped on the cord and we had to restart the game. Every single time without and fail. And all the game, almost all the games except for Power Stone, almost all the games we had were single player games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have any multiplayer games. So we all had to, learn how to take turns. <laughs> <laughs> Which was rough because if we got to a level, let's say we got to like we finally got to like the sixth level, but then it was like Michael's turn to play. Which no shade to Michael, but at the time he was like seven. he was so bad. He was so bad. And like all of us at seven, we were bad at video games, even if it was a puppy based video game. So if you lost your life, it was it was rough. It was rough. He always days. died in the stupid the pyramid level. And I, and I got so level. mad. I got so mad at him. <laughs> or like when during the in the puppy game in that tower level where it's just a platformer all the way oh up. But if you fell, you fell all the way down to the bottom. That was the worst level to get through. <laughs> we never, I we like never, vividly remember being so tense during that. <laughs> the, the funny part about all these games is I've never beaten any of them. None of them. Even as like an adult, I've never beaten Sonic Adventures 2. I've gotten to the point where they get to the moon and blow up the moon. Spoilers, I guess, for Sonic Adventure 2. Um, (laughs) Where they've blown up the moon and they're in the moon and Mm -hmm. I've never beaten past that part. And I don't think I ever will. I don't think I did either. I think I I revisited a few years ago um, and I don't think I got to the end. I think I just enjoyed some of the, the racing and that was it. Yeah. So as you could tell, Someday, people, huh? we are Sonic experts who are clearly, obviously, obviously clearly Sonic experts. perfect to review this movie. <laughs> so why don't we just get into talking about the movie then? Yeah, let's dive into the adaptation. I'm Sonic, a little ball of super energy in an extremely handsome package. On my planet, people were always after my powers. So I came to yours. It gets a little lonely, but that's okay. I am living my best life on Earth. So, David, now that you have consumed both many years of Sonic gameplay and now the prestigious Sonic the Hedgehog movie, what did you think about the story? This story is... So, like... Sonic is weird, guys. Like, yeah, Sonic's pretty weird. Like, he's just a, a, a hedgehog that moves really fast. And even in the video games, it's like the most video gamey thing ever. So, like, actually adapting this into a story is is tough. So, like, I feel like my my feelings on the story don't matter as much because it's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> well, they chose they chose an interesting route because the story is about. 
how Sonic is using these rings to teleport to different worlds when it becomes unsafe for him to be there any longer. And so the entire plot of the movie kicks off when he accidentally drops the rings in San Francisco because uh, he gets hit with a tranquilizer dart by our human main character, James Marsden. Bill, maybe? Phil? I don't know. God? (laughs) Something like that. You could say any of those could fit him. (laughs) He is generic, um, you know, human protagonist. Um, And so instead of Sonic, like Sonic literally runs to the coast and then he comes back in like milliseconds in the beginning of this movie. And he's like, no, you have to help me because you tranked me. It is your responsibility to help me, James Marsden. Uh, So we must go on a road trip instead of just like using Google Maps. Like he could literally like just go there. So the plot is very strange because like it's strange that a a fast running character would have a plot where he has to take a road trip in a car. It's a very strange choice, (laughs) especially because the the video games, as much as they don't have a plot whatsoever, is that. Um, you know, Dr. Eggman is is kidnapping animals and Sonic is setting them free throughout the like and you the don't video really games. know. What, so it's I, essentially yeah, the video games. It's essentially the video games. And you assume it's to do experiments. He wants to take over the world and Sonic foils him. Why did they just do that in a movie? I don't know. Well, that's the <laughs> thing is that I don't. It's almost like. I am giving the entire plot of this movie almost just like a pass because Sonic in general is such a ridiculous premise and you really can't make a movie, especially a movie like this, without the assumption that all adults are idiots. Like you just need to make sure every adult is a complete idiot and then the movie works. And then if you think critically of any character, you can't. You just got to assume every every person is a dummy. Here's where it got wild for me. I suspended my disbelief for the most part until Sonic, they make a pit stop on their road trip and they pull up to this gas station in the middle of nowhere. It turns out it's not in the middle of nowhere. It's right across the street from this super busy biker's bar across the across the road that Sonic cannot stay away from. And so in order to disguise himself, he wears like a poncho, a hat, and sunglasses. But he's still like three feet tall and blue. And, like, computer animated. So, like, and nobody, like, questions it. Even when he takes off his sunglasses and his hat at one point. That's where the movie lost. There's an extreme (laughs) lacking of people not freaking out enough about a talking blue mid-sized hedgehog. Yeah, because, like, a hedgehog fits in the palm of your hand in real life. And so to have, like, a child-size hedgehog... In general, it would be very jarring. But yeah, nobody talks about it. It's very Yeah, he's, he's not only a, a big hedgehog, but he's a talking hedgehog. He yes. is an electric blue hedgehog. Yes. And he blue. can run really, really fast. <laughs> yes. So These fast are, that he, in fact, stops time multiple times in this movie. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But <laughs> I think for me, like, I am able to suspend my disbelief for all of those understanding that it's a child's movie. I think in general, the thing that like gets me about this story is that I feel like there's no moral to it. (laughs) 
<laughs> like most yeah. kids movies have like and in the end we find out this and in the end this was the emotional climax in the end this is the yeah. lesson children you're supposed to take away but there yes. is none in this movie is there it was, no there's, i mean i guess it's like make friends but that's not really a moral that's just have. like it's just like a thing to do you know what i mean <laughs> Like, it'd be weird if, like, the moral to the at the end of the movie was go take more walks. <laughs> Do your chores. <laughs> be more active. You know what I mean? I don't know. More- <laughs> like, it's just, like, a thing to do. It's not like a if you make friends, then this, which is usually how a moral works. You know what I mean? Or, like, be a good friend and then this. There's no, like, and then this at the end of this movie. Yeah, I think the movie was trying to be, like, you know, make friends along the way. But it's like, there's like, I don't quite understand it. And I don't quite understand why every anybody wants to help Sonic. Like, yeah, he's a very bad friend. He's a very bad friend. He's he does a very really demanding do good things. friend. Yeah. yeah. And he also gets you to do things for him. Like you said, out of guilt. Like mm-hmm. how many good relationships are established with you have friend. to do you. You have to do this for me because you owe me. Even though I could totally do it on my own in like five minutes, I want you to take a week out of your life and get on an FBI watch list in order to help me do this. (laughs) (laughs) So going into that, Amanda, what did you think about some of the actual characters in Sonic the Hedgehog? The characters were kind of wild. So there's a a group of characters that I really liked, which was the town's folk characters. And I kind of wish the entire movie just happened in the town. I wish they wouldn't have left it to go to San Francisco. Um, James Marsden is fine, but I love James Marsden. He's charismatic and he could be yeah, in anything. He's pretty so charming. He was fun. I did not realize, I will note, I did not realize that he was married to his wife. I thought they were like boyfriend, girlfriend. Because from the beginning, her sister's trying to break them up, which seems like a very odd thing if they've been married successfully for many years. Um, and he also like he goes on the lamb basically to help Sonic. He calls his friend, who is like a sheriff, like the deputy sheriff, he does not call his wife for days. Yeah. (laughs) And it really bothered me, and I did not understand it. She was great. I did not understand their relationship. I thought their relationship was very odd. Um, Let's talk about the the big guy in the room, though. Let's talk about Jim Carrey as the bad guy. I can't believe we've gone this far without mentioning Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is... A ridiculous casting for this role. It's, it's, on the surface, it seems like Jim Carrey, perfect casting. And then when you watch it, you're like, Jim Carrey, what are you doing here? (laughs) What is this? Where is this movie going? What's crazy for me is that, you know, I know we've kind of been like trashing on this movie a little much, but like for the most part, I think like the interactions between Sonic uh, and Tom I want to say his he had the most generic sure. name. James Marsden's Tom yeah. was actually pretty enjoyable. Like Sonic interacting yeah, with other funny. characters was fun. I laughed a surprising mm-hmm. amount of times. It so like the actual act of watching this movie is kind of enjoyable, which is good. But yeah. whenever Jim Carrey is on the screen, it is the worst part about the movie. <laughs> It's the worst because it's I will agree with that. It's the worst because it's confusing though. Yes. Because he is a government man, but he is really over the top. He's very strangely violent for like a skinny old dude. 
And then he has an assistant who's like weirdly in love with him, but that isn't like resolved in any kind of way. And I don't know why it's in there. Maybe to make him more likable because he's otherwise he is extremely unlikable. Um, I will say the one laugh that Jim Carrey did not get a single laugh from me, which is rare. I like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey got ironic laughs from me, not actual laughs from me. He made me feel awkward every time he was on the screen. The one laugh that did I did laugh out loud is when he is doing like his own weird montage music video in his um, super villain bus trailer. And then and then he turns around and his assistant's right there and he's like super excited with coffee. That did make me laugh. But I will attribute it to his assistant, not to Jim Carrey, um, because it was a surprising funny moment. Yeah, the only part that like I laughed, but it wasn't like uh, this is actually funny laugh. It's why did they put this in this movie is there is a part where Jim Carrey is talking to James Marsden because mm-hmm. there's something going on with this town. So he goes and he visits it. He gets pointed to James Marsden's house because he sees sonic energy coming from there, I guess. And so he's sure. he's talking with James Marsden. And at one part, uh, James or Tom, the character, talks about how he was like, Uh, He wasn't breastfed. He was like fed through like soy or something. And then and then his response, Jim Carrey's response is, wow, way to shove that in my orphaned face. Yeah. Where did that come from? Where the heck, like, where did any of those connections come from? I feel like, okay, so here's where this is my issue with this movie, because the jokes are not very good funny for kids, <laughs> but they're not also good for adults and so it's while the movie does somehow manage to be enjoyable which is amazing but yeah the jokes are strange like they joke about the olive garden a couple of times i'm pretty they have a joke about hillary clinton's remember. emails yes so like <laughs> i don't know who this movie's jokes are for because it's very much not for kids except when like sonic is flossing other than that the jokes don't land very well for adults either and i'm convinced jim carrey did not get a script for this movie they're just like here's what where you need to go in this scene go and do it your jim carrey way your jim carrey we're not going to tell you what to say and they were really hoping for gold and I don't think Jim Carrey was ever on the set with any other person. No, it was. It, it seemed like he had zero chemistry with any character, yeah. and he was just I, spitballing this entire movie. And yeah. it was it was crazy to me. I will say there was a point where I started to love Jim Carrey, but I felt like it was a little too late because it wasn't until the end credit scene where at the end of this movie, he gets shoved into a portal into a mushroom world. It's supposed to be like a joke on, you know, Mario. So he's shoved into this other world and he's abandoned there and his ship blows up and he arises from that as the classic Eggman villain where he has like a the bushy mustache. Bushy mustache. He has his pot belly in. He has his funny like red jumpsuit. And he has gone crazy. And that was the gym. That was the Eggman I was there for. And I was so sad we didn't get it from the beginning. He should have just been crazy Eggman from day one. Yeah, that's what's that's what's insane to me. Is that like I I finally we got like that, <laughs> we got like an Eggman origin story instead. Why yeah, did this we movie, need that? This movie is not about <laughs> Sonic. It's about yeah. Eggman, which in some ways is very interesting because Eggman is a character is also ridiculous to introduce. But Mm -hmm. like, even though I have so many problems with this movie and for the most part, I don't like it. 
I want another one. <laughs> I weirdly want another one. I yeah. really want another movie. They're definitely, I was going to save this question for the end. I was going to ask you, are you hyped about the Sonic Cinematic Universe they are clearly setting up? Yes. And for me, I totally am. I, am. I do want more Sonic movies. I re- like, I guess extra spoiler at the very end, Tails shows up. And yeah, I, was I was way too hyped. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was the most exciting part about the movie. I will say, you know, everybody ripped on kind of the animation when the trailer first came out. That's an old story. They reanimated. Everybody's really cute now. I liked the animation. I thought Sonic looked very good throughout this entire movie. Oh, yeah. Hats off to the people who redesigned Sonic. I know there was probably a couple production houses that worked overtime constantly. Sonic looks really good like he looks legit cute like a legit cute video game character and that's what's so weird about this movie is that even though there's so many parts i don't like it's weirdly endearing to me for those reasons where it's like like a movie studio listened and now we have good looking sonic we don't have necessarily good sonic movie but we got sonic that looks like sonic so to me it's like i'm looking forward to a sequel because i can tell people are trying (laughs) were there any scenes in this that you legitimately liked yes so there there is a couple maybe not legitimately liked i think that's going really far but maybe that you enjoyed i just like kind of enjoyed um there is (laughs) this part got again way too much of a laugh out of me because it, it shouldn't make sense. And it was it was mostly wild for me thinking about this character where James Marsden has not met Sonic yet, but he hears Sonic outside of his house and he is on the phone with his wife who is in San Francisco with her sister and they are yes. just doing something. He hears something fishing. He tells his wife he's going to go shoot it with the tranquilizer gun. OK, that and they just have in their that kitchen they just have, I guess. And so his <laughs> wife is like, oh, silly James Marsden, you do this all the time. And then his wife, next to the child, spells out divorce to her and is like, you know what this means? D-I-V-O-R-C-E. And she's just like, silly sister. sister. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, silly sister. And like, wait a second. (laughs) This is the first time we are introduced to this character. And the only trait I know about her is that she's joking about getting divorced. And who would... That's not like a casual joke, I feel like, Uh, especially since you have to spell it out because your kid's in the room. I have no idea why, but I laugh like as soon as that happened, like my mind. That's what made you laugh. (laughs) My mind was trying to make a mental connection with all these threads. And when as soon as I realized this made zero sense, I just busted out laughing. I, I, again, none of these jokes are real jokes. They're purely like I I can't believe they put this in this movie jokes. It got yeah. way too big of a laugh for me. Okay. The the other part, <laughs> that did not make me laugh. That made me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. I mean, feeling uncomfortable <laughs> is sort of the norm for this movie. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so I will say there's one scene that I thought was legitimately cool and then one scene that got a surprise laugh out of me. So mm-hmm. I will say that Eggman scene got a surprise laugh out of me. The other one that got... <laughs> got a pretty big chuckle out of me that the movie like became a little bit more endearing for me is at the very end when so the government has been hunting james marsden the entire movie they have labeled him as like a domestic terrorist and they're trying to hunt him down 
which again is what bugged me that he did not call his wife. And his wife is like, hey, I just heard that you were domestic terror. She was way too chill about it. Way anyway. too chill. <laughs> so this whole movie happens. Eggman attacks. Um, they, you know, save the day at the end. Send Eggman to a different dimension. Um, and at the very end, they're like fixing up their house that was destroyed, essentially. And a the general, who I cannot believe still has a job, shows up to their house and was like, here's a little thank you from Uncle Sam. And it's an envelope. And they're like, oh, great. We can use this to help fix up the house. And they open it. And it is a $50 gift card for Olive Garden. <laughs> And that got a surprising chuck. If you are going to do some, you know, some um, product placement, I would say that is the way to do it, where it's like so over the top that it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, to me, it was it was almost fourth wall breaking. Yes, in a it sense. definitely felt and fourth wall breaking. It also got a pretty good chuckle out of me, especially since like he's so enthusiastic about it. He's incredible. He it's it's sells almost like it. the general. The general is jealous that he has to give away this fifty dollars gift card <laughs> to these people he is trying to bribe to stay quiet, and it's very funny. He is actually also in my second favorite scene, and this one, this one also got like a lot of laughs out of me because I mm-hmm. imagine it's how our politics are actually ran. But very early in, early on in the movie, Sonic basically shuts down the entire electrical system for uh, the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. and so the entire like what what's like seems like a situation room type scene every all branches of government are there and they're talking about like you know what's going on and the general the general's like you know we don't have information on this there's not information on this we don't know if it's this or that we have no idea what's going on and then just out of nowhere like within 30 seconds this is like the quickest meeting they're just like should we just have the other dude do it? Should we just send Eggman in? Should we just, you know, he's really crazy. <laughs> Should we just send him in? And it's like, it's a ridiculous scene because I imagine that's exactly how our politics are ran. I I find it hard to believe because it's resolved within like 12 minutes. And for sure, maybe that's like the ending 12 minutes of like an eight hour meeting that they were sitting in. So maybe that's why they were so excited to wrap it no, up. No, because because <laughs> he's just sitting there and the meeting literally starts with, all right, guys, glad you could all come. We have a problem. <laughs> and then it's resolved in 30 seconds and they're all like, pat on our backs. We're great politicians. <laughs> I loved it. It was pretty wild. Um, I will say the the scene that I legitimately thought was cool was Sonic running the bases and going so fast that he emits like an EMT and knocks out all the power. I will say it was a dis it was a cool scene and I was like, ooh, cool new Sonic power. However, it is like a Chekhov's gun they never pick up the rest of the movie. I definitely thought the finale was gonna be him going so fast that he electrically shorts out everything of Eggman's, which would make sense because Eggman has a bunch of robots. He does not do that. No, instead he he does his little bounce targeting attack. He defeats him with the power of bouncing friendship, which is a little disappointing, but it is what it is. Yeah, I will say the there are two parts of what almost feels like emotions in this movie. And one was the baseball scene. The baseball scene was very. Yes, the baseball scene was really good. It was really effective. I actually really love that scene. The second part has nothing to do with the scene itself. But near the end, when they're all at the house and they're hanging out, there is a piano version of the Green Zone or the uh, Green Hill Zone theme that plays. And it is Mm -hmm. so good. It is such a. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. It's like the only time they 
remember that there are video games that this is based on that they can bring in some of the themes okay (laughs) and it is so that like i don't i have no idea why this movie didn't incorporate more sonic music because i love it should have just been all sonic music i love the music from those games um but here's the part here's the part that ruins it because they get me with the with the green hill zone piano theme but instead of going out on that they go out on a collaboration trap single that they made for this movie about Sonic. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Here's the problem with that because not, so they play it to like wrap up the movie goes to credits. It's like this fun. There's very, it's very fun end credits where it's like little animations from the games, um, like recapping the movie and then there's cut scene and then there's more and then there's cut scene and then there's more. Uh, there are two end credit scenes, people. It is they are really gearing up for cinematic universe. Um, they replay that song. That is the only song they play in the end credit. So it's like they play <laughs> it, it's clearly over, cutscene, they just restart the same song. I'm like, how much did you pay for this song that you feel like you need to keep playing it? <laughs> it's it's incredible. It's pretty wild. And and again, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to try to bring this back around because, again, despite all these problems I had with this movie, I liked this movie. <laughs> I weirdly liked this movie. I don't know if it's like nostalgia winning out or if it was just it was just like a strange, charming, not good, but not bad movie that I wouldn't mind if I had to watch again. And I re- would watch a sequel in theaters. Yeah, it's weird because it might be a little bit nostalgia. But the thing is, is that like. Sonic as a character doesn't exactly have great characterizations in any of the video games. Okay. Yeah. So they pretty much just had to, you know, make up some of his snarkiness. That's pretty much what they had. And I do think Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic does very well. Nails it. Nails nails Sonic. Yeah. But like, there's something very endearing about this movie in that it's almost like it's made by people like me who haven't exactly made movies before, I guess. So yeah. it feels like it, I feel connected to it in a weird way where it's like a beautiful mess where it's like, <laughs> you know what? They made mistakes, but I would have done that too. And so I like, I feel it. like if, if they would have just, if they had just changed the plot slightly, um, because I like the conflict of it, which is that Sonic is forced to leave earth and he doesn't cause he likes earth. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and he ends up making friends that help him stay on Earth. Fine. Fine plot. If they just took out, like, the weird road trip to San Francisco, it, like, does nothing except give Sonic different places to go on the way to San Francisco. So if they would have just done literally anything else, um, I feel like even even if it was just a movie about Sonic doing his leaving earth bucket list which is kind of like the subplot of the movie yeah. if that was like updated to like the a plot i feel like i would have enjoyed this movie a hundred percent yeah i agree i think that they needed something to have conflict with jim carrey pretty much yeah which i understand but i agree with you i will say there is one i didn't talk about actually the only part action wise that i actually really really enjoyed and it is the car scene. Yes, uh, because, the car scene is pretty good. Because where Eggman in, sends like his different car robots to go and attack him. And I think the reason why I liked it is it's the only time 
Jim Carrey felt like Dr. Robotnik from the games because he's always had like these weird things that he's just throwing out at Sonic and it felt like a boss battle where it's like, oh, you get your three phases of this boss that you need to defeat now. And I loved it. It's such a silly scene, but it's, it's fun every time. I legitimately like that scene too, where like he sends like a big tank and then a smaller tank comes out of it and then a smaller tank comes out of it. And then it's just like a little flying guy that's actually like the most powerful one of all. I liked it. It it did remind me of a boss fight and it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was super entertaining. So, yeah, Amanda, what do you want out of a sequel? What's your ideal sequel plot? Um, I think there are some very important narrative threads that they left open ended in Sonic 1. Um, I think the, the, who are the people hunting down Sonic at the beginning of the movie? I want to know more about them. Um, I want, uh, to know how, you know, I want Eggman to return, obviously. So do you think, what do you think, David? Do you think a Sonic 2 should happen on Earth again, or they should go to a distant planet for Sonic 2? I think they should definitely be planet hopping. And I think they should- They should and introduce dragging James, dragging James Marsden around to different planets would be very funny. I'd be very entertained. They'll introduce mm-hmm. Tails and Knuckles, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, my only big want out of the next movie is that they actually incorporate uh, like an actual villain in that they introduced in the first Sonic the Hedgehog with Chaos Emeralds. I think they should introduce mm-hmm. Chaos, the weird. M- Blue goo monster that transforms when you give him chaos emeralds because they did not include chaos emeralds, which is like a huge, huge plot point in all the games. I would I would even like a like a shadow origin story. I'd be up for that. I don't know. He's pretty edgy. I would like that. Do you remember the shadow the hedgehog game, Amanda? Yes, I loved it. It was rated T for teen because he said the word damn. (laughs) Knuckles swore in that in that game. <laughs> it was so weird. It was so bad. Yeah, but you know, that's our childhood. I will say it is this movie was much better than the Sonic um uh TV show they came out with, so I'm good with that. I disagree with that, but I'm not You disagree? You think the TV show is better? The TV because of all the chili so dogs he ate? Yes. <laughs> uh also, it needs to have the city song, the city escape Agreed. song, it rolling really around at the speed, at the speed of sound. So we're going to like definitely cut that in as much into this episode as possible, right? Yes. Uh, so all in all, David, would you recommend blessing your day with a Sonic the Hedgehog watch? Yes, but like wait till, <laughs> wait till you can rent it, I guess. I guess that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, I would wait to rent. I think, um, you know, I was thinking about this. If I had kids and they wanted to watch this over and over again, it wouldn't be a annoying movie to have them watch over and over again. So I feel like it's a – if you've got kids, this is a decently fun, harmless watch um, to have going on in your quarantined house. On I disagree with you only because of that stupid boom <laughs> song that they play over the bar scene. I don't think I could stand my kids playing that over and over and over. I think I would go insane if I had to hear that song that many times. Yeah. Well – I feel like there are worse things to have to watch on repeat. So I would I would recommend enjoying this. I think it's it's fun. If you have any Sonic nostalgia like we do, it was definitely enjoyable. Um, I don't think it's like if you, you're not familiar with Sonic that it'll be – it's not a particularly good movie in its own right. But it is 
fun. So, I mean, you have to weigh that. You know, how much are you willing to spend on something that's kind of a coin flip if you're going to enjoy? There's so many asterisks here. <laughs> there, are, there are quite a few asterisks to our recommendation. Um, so if if you are a big Sonic fan, this was definitely a fun one. If you're not familiar at all, I mean, you might like it if you like the Olive Garden or Zillow a lot. <laughs> I forgot about the stupid Zillow product <laughs> placement. My gosh. Uh, they had to pay for Sonic's <laughs> new face somehow. They did. And you know what? It was worth it. It was worth it. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, so that'll wrap us up for today. Thank you so much for listening to our mini review episode. Uh, please subscribe so you can get automatically updated with new episodes as they come out at wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're still pretty new. So if you enjoy anything we talked about, please leave us a review. Tell your friends. If you leave us a review, especially a long wordy one, we will make David read it in our next main episode. Yep. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at Adapted Pod. You can also send us suggestions on there or at our email stuff at Adapted Pod. Special thanks to Catlow for our intro and outro music. You may be listening to that right now, but future David might also be uh, fading in the race to the city. <laughs> our favorite song of all time. So just be prepared for that if if you haven't reached the end of the episode yet. <laughs> Uh, and be sure to go listen to more Catloaf on Spotify because it's yes. a great listen. Yes. Uh, our next episode will come out as usual on Thursday, so be sure to tune in to see how we rate our next adaptation. And until then, keep rolling around at the speed of sound. Until then, remember not to leave yourself open because I guess Jim Carrey is just going to punch you right in the nuts. <laughs> True. Until then, we'll see you all at Olive Garden where we're what? family. What? What?